0: Guys it's Amanda and Baron and we are back again in studio at KSLM Radio 104.3 FM and 12:20 a.m.
1: There you are you your voice. <laughs> I know. That's
0: so fun. <laughs> This second segment is being sponsored by Five Marketing. Mike's absolutely amazing. If you need anything done for your website, if you want to create one, if you want to update your website, he is definitely your go-to. And keep it Sarah Simple Kiss for short. Um, She's absolutely amazing. If you have any questions about your diet needs or which direction to go or if you're listening to a lot of the information we're giving you and you're like, you know what? I think it's time that I better myself and start taken care, of, but I don't know where to start. She is definitely your girl. All right, let's dive back in.
1: All right. Well, we were talking about the number of studies that are out there.
0: Oh yes.
1: And we were talking about the fact that, you know, how much slips through the cracks. Mm-hmm. So in in the book, a little farther along, he says inaccurate and incomplete scientific research leads to the development of drugs that don't work well. Okay. Or at all. Yeah. In twenty seventeen a study so two thousand seventeen is that's, five five years ago, yeah. relatively recent. A study published in the British Medical Journal found that over half of the new cancer drugs approved in Europe between 2009 and 2013 showed no benefit. No way. Half? Half the drugs had no benefit. That's a large amount. Yeah. Half. Like, I'm taking a drug that has no benefit.
0: So that's a 50-50 chance that, it that won't the work. medication you take... That you're paying astronomical amounts for, right, doesn't even do anything, right. right. And that's the problem with having so many options and so many
1: Which different. Ones do you take? Yeah. Which one do you take?
0: What's the difference? Yeah,
1: he says these expensive new drugs did not improve survival or oh. even quality of life. In some cases, hyped up evidence l- evidence less drugs rushed to market can cause serious damage or death.
0: Yeah, I believe it. That's why I'm not vaccinated for the COVID
1: (laughs) (laughs) He says, one of the most egregious examples of the harm caused by evidence-based medicine used without actual evidence is called uh, Evastin. Hopefully I say that right. Mm -hmm. One of the world's top-selling cancer drugs at the time. Avastin was approved for use on metastatic breast cancer. We were just talking about that, right? In 2008, under the FDA's Accelerated Approval Program, which allows a drug to be fast-tracked even with insufficient data. So our government, the Federal Drug Administration, Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to say the other word I was thinking, (laughs) the Federal Drug Administration has a program where they can accelerate a drug to be put out there Even with insufficient data. Yeah. And that particular drug was one of them. It was approved by a a maker called Gentech, which had completed two trials. They did two (laughs) trials only to find that the results could not back up their claims. Right. And yet it was still approved.
0: I don't think fast tracking should be a thing. There's with how much medications out there. There's no reason for it to be fast tracked. You're that's your that's somebody's life.
1: Mm-hmm. So in November 2011, the FDA revoked. So they approved it in 08, but they revoked it in 2011, three years later.
0: Okay, wow. The, so that was out there for three whole years. Three
1: years. That's going to come into what we're in. Whoa. Three years that drug was out there for women who had metastatic breast cancer. The drug. Um, it was re- yeah. Yeah. So That's frustrating. It was, so it was revoked approval for treatment of breast cancer after concluding that the drug was dangerous and didn't work. The FDA commissioner issued a statement after reviewing available studies. It is clear that women who take this drug for metastatic breast cancer risk potential life-threatening side effects without proof that the use of this drug will provide a benefit. Wow. In terms of delay in tumor growth. That would justify those risks, nor is there evidence that this drug will either help them live longer or improve their quality of life.
0: So I'm curious. I know you don't probably have the answer to this, but I'm just curious how much money they made in those three years on this drug and what became of that. Did they have the lawsuit? Did they have to pay it back to those women? Like what?
1: It does answer your questions. You're lying. Okay, keep going. I'll shut up. (laughs) (laughs) For two and a half years, tens of thousands of women were prescribed this drug for breast cancer.
0: That's so frustrating.
1: Tens of thousands.
0: And how does it say how many? Many of them
1: suffered from life-threatening effects, including severe high blood pressure, um, perforations of their stomach, their intestines, intestinal bleeding, um, hemorrhaging, as well as heart attacks. Heart failure, and in some cases, death. Hmm. In in November of 2014, so three years after it was retracted, the FDA approved this drug for use in platinum resistance recurrent ovarian cancer. (laughs) So we switched it from breast cancer to ovarian cancer.
0: Maybe it'll work there.
1: Right? It was shown to reduce the risk of disease worsening or death by 62%. Whoa. But here's the problem. It reduced the risk of the disease worsening by 60%. That doesn't mean the disease isn't going to go away. Right. It's going to get worse. But that's still 38% It will get worse. Yeah. Right? When used alongside with a 60-year-old chemo drug. So take this one and some chemo. So you can't just
0: take <laughs> this one. You have to take this one with it.
1: Right. <laughs> right. Come an, on. A, an impressive claim, but the patients taking that drug only live about three and a half months longer on average. So it doesn't really help you that and
0: much. And what's the cost for that three and a half?
1: Gentech brought in over $48 billion in net sales revenues between 06 and 014, largely because of that one drug alone.
0: Shame on them.
1: You asked me to find the number and I just found Shame it.
0: Shame on them. $48 so, billion?
1: so they just they start their research in 06. Okay, we follow a little timeline in the book here. They start the research in '06. It's in Europe. Mm-hmm. In '08. the FDA says it can come to America. In 2011, no, it shouldn't be in America. We should pull it, but it's been out there for three years and women are taking it. No, we'll put it back out for ovarian cancer instead. And then in 2014, they had made $48 billion. Whoever said... That's, that's net... That's that's after expenses. Oh, that's forty-eight billion in net <gasps> revenue.
0: That's and, insane. And, and
1: You and your sisters own a business here, so there's gross yes. and there's net, and those
0: are two very different numbers. Forty-eight
1: billion in net, from largely from selling that drug alone. The drug is still on the market today. Approved for the use of several other cancers. So let's take breast off the table. Let's take ovarian off the table. Now we'll use it for other we'll cancers. We'll just keep
0: trying different cancers until we get it right. And
1: typically given to terminal cancer patients, hoping it might buy them a little more time at a cost of $50,000 per year.
0: That's insane. So they give it to terminal... P- to, p- <laughs> So that... At the end of it, the, so they can't have consequences on it not working.
1: And they already said earlier that it showed little results of working, right? but now you're, you're terminal. So now you're just grasping at straws.
0: Grasping. Now you're literally just, you're, you're using and abusing the system.
1: At $50,000 a year.
0: That's insane.
1: A recent study found that patients who took that drug combined with chemotherapy... Like I said earlier. So it can't
0: just be by itself. No.
1: So if you took it combined with chemotherapy, had a 50% increased risk of dying from complications versus those who receive standard chemotherapy.
0: That's crazy. So if you just
1: get chemotherapy, but let's put this in combination with chemotherapy, and now it increases your chance of dying by 50%.
0: <laughs> Unreal. The person that retracted this to take it off the market, and then whoever put it back... In on the market for ovarian cancer, that person should be incarcerated. Yeah. I truly believe that. I think that's how infuriating.
1: They already knew it didn't work for breast cancer. Right. So why would it work for ovarian cancer instead?
0: And now it's for terminal use patients. Yeah.
1: So the last thing it says in (laughs) 2016, so a little further along in our, this whole thing started in 2006. Right. So in 2016, Gentech and OSI Pharmaceuticals were ordered to pay 67 billion dollar fine for giving promotional materials to oncologists and including misleading and overstated survival data but a 67 million dollar fine on a 48 billion dollar profit is small yeah. small fine right small fine
0: what does that hurt them yeah nothing
1: and 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 it's the, still the, out there, and the fine was because they knowingly gave promotional material to oncologists that was misleading. So we're talking about the fact that doctors are so busy they're just kind of taking your word right.
0: oh, here here here's our uh, sheet on this here's our informational sheet to push out to your patients. Okay, great. so this is what it does for you. I think it's a great option because this is your survival rate. Okay, sure, I'll take it. I mean, it's just it,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's sex. And I know that we had a chance uh, earlier this year to have Doctor Bud Pierce, who's the oncologist who actually helps take make cancer where this weekend in town happen. Right. And I had a conversation with him, like, like, who who who's the bad guy here? Right. Well, he heart of gold as an oncologist wants to help. He goes to get the education. He starts a business called organ oncology, but he's got to put it someplace, so he puts it in Salem Hospital. So now he has to play by Salem Hospital's rules. There's protocols right. at the hospital, right? But the but then the oncol the pharmaceutical reps come in. Well, he's got 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 patients. Who knows how many patients he's got. And it's like, "Okay, that sounds great. That sounds great. That sounds great. Let's run it through the hospital. Well, the hospital is in cahoots with the insurance companies." Right. And and so he has to play by their rules mm-hmm. and in the end in the end dr pierce said we're all playing by the insurance company's rules right here's an oncologist lead oncologist in the state many people that is listening to this show have gone to bud pierce's mm-hmm. office
0: yes he's very well known
1: very well known heart of gold yes you know ran for governor mm-hmm. he's saying we're all playing by the insurance company's yeah. rules
0: we're all under their thumb, essentially.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, even, even to a degree, the pharmaceuticals are playing under the insurance rules. Right. I think that they're playing the rules together.
0: A hundred percent. I think they kind of <laughs> the work companies together.
1: together to see mm-hmm. who's going to make more money there. But Oh, yeah.
0: Well, like I said, I had gotten a bill from... Uh, I think I'd mentioned this a while ago, but <clears throat> I had gotten an insurance bill from my husband's um, hospital, and it was like, for insurance, this is how much it'll cost. And it was way higher. But if you're cash paying... It's way lower, and it was like, why is there a difference in price? If you're, if someone's paying the bill, what does it matter? Wouldn't it just be? So, <laughs> it was just kind of crazy. If insurance pays it, it's a thousand dollars more. If I pay it, it's way less. It's like that's kind of weird, <laughs> right? To me, right? Like, oh, here's this milk for you. It's three dollars, but for them, it's ten dollars. Like, right. what's the difference? The milk's the same. Right. Milk's milk.
1: Right. Yeah. Just we,
0: kind of weird how we, they...
1: We we kind of know who's running the show.
0: 100%.
1: Well, what I do love that Chris brings out earlier in the book, he says, For the better part of the last century, the pharmaceutical industry has enjoyed a monopoly on medicine and the public trust. But the last two decades, so the uh, probably from 2000 to now, the rise of the Internet and widespread access to information probably through social media and places like that, has led to a collective consciousness of the pitfalls and perils of conventional medicine and to resurgence in the interest and use of nutrition and natural non-toxic therapies for healing and preventing disease. So I think what's happened is there's a whole generation that gets tons of information from the Internet and they can research stuff all over the place and has created this group this collective consciousness that what you're telling us isn't good advice and they and that that's collective conscious right. wants to go back to a more uh, more natural way of healing mm-hmm. so he says in response to the natural health movement which is really what kicking cancer is right Right, absolutely pharmaceutical based medicine rebranded itself so it is now quote science based medicine oh. <laughs> And it's evidence-based medicine. Mm -hmm. Using the word science to imply truth and the word evidence to imply proof. Okay. Like all manufactured good, it goes without saying that there is science involved. Of course, drugs are science-based and so are (laughs) (laughs) Pop-Tarts. Good point. Good point. (laughs) So, any, any business, any product brands itself mm-hmm. and in that branding process we get the consumers to think about us in a certain way right right um i mean yeah kslm brands itself in mm-hmm. the community right the pharmaceuticals had to rebrand themselves because the public was going we want to go back to more of a natural way right they said well we're the science-based way yeah <laughs> Were the evidence-based way, and mm-hmm. yet we just talked about so many studies where the evidence was wrong.
0: Oh yeah, it was fraudulent.
1: Fraudulent. It was made up. It wasn't.
0: And then the ones that didn't get pulled like that, they went through and half half of them didn't even work.
1: Yeah, and I don't understand why if it didn't work on breast cancer, they knew it didn't work on breast cancer. Then why in the world would you try it on ovarian cancer instead?
0: Right. <laughs> like and then it, keep going. Then, well, well, we'll just it, try all these different cancers well, and let's until it on to we the terminal hit gold. Ones. <laughs> yeah. Unreal. Yeah. That's really frustrating.
1: So, yeah, sometimes I shock myself with the yeah, stuff I bring yeah. in. Yeah,
0: that was a little heated discussion we that had was, there. That
1: was, that was a <laughs> Got me all heated. riled up. <laughs> well, let's go back to a happy story. Okay. Let's go back to a happy story. So, in the process of putting together these cancer awareness weekends, I met one of the most amazing ladies in this town, um, Lisa Walker. Okay. And for those that haven't had the privilege of meeting her, she really is an amazing lady.
0: I've heard great things about her. Yeah,
1: um, what what she and the volcanoes have done over the last 25 years, and for those that had a chance to go, they did a 25-year sale of merchandise out there at the stadium. Um, and and so the reason I bring her up is because in September 12th, 2000. So about 22 years ago, she received a call from her surgeon informing her that she had a biopsy, what was malignant. She had a cancerous tumor. Okay. And her young son, Mickey, who now runs the Mavericks League. Okay, yeah.
0: And
1: and some of the listeners may have met Mickey.
0: Oh, yeah. But at that time,
1: Mickey was three years old. Okay. And Mickey walked up to his mom, and uh, he placed his hand on her knee, and he says... Mommy, it's going to be Ote.
0: Ote. It's going to be Ote.
1: <laughs> and for anyone who has a three-year-old,
0: yeah, <laughs> you can almost hear
1: that three-year-old saying that. How sweet. So she said yes. He said it like it's spelled. You could say he was prophesying my healing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mommy, it's going to be O-tay.
0: Mm-hmm. Giving her hope.
1: Yeah. So she says, I remember vividly crying the next day. God forgive me for being fearful it was as if I was transformed to a new life for a little while I waited to go back to September 11th that is until 2001 my treatment was a strong aggressive approach making sure that the cancer would be destroyed Dr. Pierce became a hero number three in my life my husband my son and Dr. Pierce okay <laughs> um... this event was nearly 21 years ago it shook me I do not regret the the experience. I learned so much about healing inside and out. The kindness I received from so many was, was awe-inspiring. Other survivors I met gave me hope, especially the lady at the clothing store who recognized me and said, great article, I am a 21-year survivor.
0: Oh, that's
1: awesome. So because of what she did mm-hmm. in 2000, she um, started that next year cancer awareness night okay so i actually so have a, really a, heavy a to gift her. for you oh so this is from the volcanoes it's the salem kaiser volcanoes cancer awareness weekend card okay has her story on the back of it uh so she um <clears throat> she launched with the volcanoes in in 2002 a program that has become nationally recognized
0: okay that's really cool i was going to ask earlier um uh because I felt like it had to have had some type of a special spot in her heart Mm -hmm. doing all the cancer awareness games and the first pitches and all of that. And now it makes sense.
1: Yeah. So she she had battled breast cancer herself in 2000. Okay. And once she had gone through the battle in 2002, she said, let's do a night at the baseball game where we can honor survivors. That first one... Let's see. It says a number in here. The first one brought 60 survivors together.
0: That's amazing.
1: The very first one.
0: That's a huge amount of people.
1: Yeah. Survivors. For, for, for very little, rec- you know, very, right. uh, not being around very long. Right. Well, to just
0: get- to pull together, 60 survivors.
1: Yep. She says, in just a few short seasons later, the number of survivors had increased over 200.
0: Wow. That's amazing.
1: And they joined Lisa and the Volcano players for a recognition ceremony before the Volcanoes game.
0: That's really cool.
1: Due to the enormous success of the program, Cancer Awareness Night grew under Cancer Awareness Weekend in 2008. Since 2008, the program engulfs an entire weekend during the Volcanoes Stadium, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, in which 3,000 and four survivors have been recognized over the years.
0: That's really cool. That's powerful. Powerful. That's really neat. I'm glad she did that.
1: Yeah, and the other cool thing is, you know, this is for you, by the way.
0: Thank you.
1: Um, the other cool thing is, every year that I've been involved with them, mm-hmm. Doctor Pierce buys. I mean, he pays them, but he buys a block of tickets.
0: Yes. I remember that, actually, from last year. Yeah. Um, I actually think we were at the golf tournament, and it was that weekend that was the cancer... Uh, because Terry
1: couldn't be with us. He was throwing the first pitch out. Right. Yeah.
0: And they had tickets, and um, one of their staff members had gave us some to, to hand out. Yeah. Um, and I believe that it was because Bud Pierce had bought them and wanted to give them to
1: other people, he, too. He had... Because as we came out of COVID... Uh, well, two things happened. The Volcanoes, who used to be affiliated with the San Francisco Giants, they are no longer part of the Major League Baseball. Right. It's an independent league, and people were just not attending the games. There was a little confusion as to what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, with COVID, they were a little leery to go to the games, too. And so right. Bud Pierce bought his block, but there were lots of tickets left over. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, if you want to come watch a game, just come watch a game. Yeah. But it is amazing to me over the, over the last couple of years how I've been able to bring a survivor— there but then Lisa will say this isn't just for the survivor this is for their support team yeah and the biggest one I think we had is a story we'll tell in the future about Doreen Davidson but I think she had 25 of her family and friends with her in the stands that's cool everyone we have to go out of the game for free
0: that's cool you just get to bring you and your support just have enjoy your evening
1: oh yeah and just hang out and if you want to throw a pitch out, throw the pitch out. If you want That's to sing cool. the Nash Um One of the great things is because we've sold Michael's story. Mm-hmm. And Michael's thrown the first pitch out twice. Mm-hmm. But this last time, Bill, who was in the studio with us, sang the national anthem after Michael threw the pitch out.
0: That's cool. Yeah. A little team duo yeah. with it.
1: And, and I was listening back to that episode... And Bill has a deep voice. He does. And it's even deeper when you listen to him on the podcast. <laughs> but he's got a great singing voice, and uh, and it just it just was beautiful when they listened to him sing the National Anthem. So, so this week's story is really Lisa Walker, but her story is so much bigger than her story.
0: Oh, absolutely. She's
1: What she's done for this community over the last 20 yeah. years because of what she went through over 3 maybe even 4000 people now have had a chance to come to a baseball game mm-hmm. on cancer awareness weekend
0: That's awesome That's really cool that she just she she ran with it Yeah She didn't let it take her down She didn't let it belittle her She ran with it and she made sure that other people were recognized and knew that they weren't alone and that there was a support system
1: well, it's always fun to me that during the summer, we do a special newsletter, and mm-hmm. it's a survivor newsletter, so all the stories are first person, and this one has Lisa and Victoria side by side okay. on the front page, because they're, they're both survivors, and yeah. they're both best friends.
0: Oh, are they best friends? They're best friends. Oh, that's they're best friends. cool.
1: And, and so, I try to find a title for the story, mm-hmm. and it's usually something in the story that someone says. So, the title for Lisa's story is, Mommy... It will be Ote.
0: It'll be Ote. That's so sweet.
1: Yeah. So there's a good story for you this week.
0: Yes. Thank you. I've had a few good stories now. You've been hitting me with good stories. I'm
1: trying not to hit with as many bad ones. I like it. Next week's still coming, though. Don't
0: say that. For those of you that can't see, I.
1: It was a nasty look. She had to cover Lucy's eyes. Don't you dare.
0: Don't you dare.
1: But, no, I just really appreciate getting to no know Lisa Walker and her family. They've been great supporters of what we're doing with Kicking Cancer. Absolutely.
0: No, I, the Volcano Stadium and that whole family, I, I love that it's f- family-oriented and everything that they do and stand for uh, for the community in so many different ways, not just cancer, but they're amazing people yeah absolutely amazing so
1: is it interesting that in the article Mickey was three and he's mentioned in this little story and here he says well this was uh He must be 25 now because this is 22 years ago Mm -hmm. so at 25 years old he's running that league now
0: that is that's awesome what a cool story well thank you for sharing yeah all right so a huge shout out to our sponsors for this segment is five marketing and keep it sarah simple you guys are absolutely amazing make sure to show your love and support for them you guys as they do for us and with that we will be back next saturday as as the the movement movement continues.
1: continues